This podcast is sponsored by Blue Butterfly, the go-to cocktail bar and place to meet on Earl Street, Maidstone. Bluebutterfly.co.uk. Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. Hello, hope you're okay. It's Thursday, September the 2nd. Coming up, you're going to be able to hear from the man who represents head teachers in Kent as pupils return to school after the summer break this week. But first, a heartbreaking story as tributes are paid to a two-year-old boy from Dartford who's died following a crash. Joshua Hoyle was critically injured when the car he was in collided with three other vehicles in Sussex last month. Police have now revealed he passed away in hospital on Friday. His dad, Andy, who was 36, was killed instantly in the crash on the A267 Tunbridge Wells Road in front. Joshua's mum, Trudy, has released a statement. Ish has read it for us. Joshua was our loving and energetic boy and the centre of both mine and Andy's world. To have lost both of them in this way is absolutely devastating. As a family, we will never stop loving and missing them and would ask to be allowed to grieve privately while we come to terms with this tragedy. A 76-year-old man arrested on suspicion of causing death by dangerous driving and for failing to stop after a road accident has been released under investigation while inquiries continue. Now, the crash happened at 11 in the morning on August the 18th. Police still want to hear from any witnesses, particularly anyone with dash cam footage from the time. Elsewhere, tributes have been left at the scene of a crash which killed a young mum from Sheppey. 28-year-old Charlotte Buston died when the car she was driving collided with a lorry on the B2005 at Kemsley 10 days ago. The former Canterbury College student had been involved with the amateur football club at Minster. An investigation into the crash is continuing. Kent Online News. Other top stories from Kent Online today and police say a former Kent schoolgirl found dead in Northamptonshire was stabbed and her boyfriend died from self-inflicted knife wounds. 22-year-old Maddie Durden-Hollenby, who went to Abbey School in Faversham, and Benjamin Green, who was 41, were discovered at his home in Kettering last week. Her death is being treated as murder and officers aren't looking for anyone else. A man's been treated in hospital for serious facial injuries after being punched and kicked during a robbery in Tunbridge Wells. He was reported targeted along Calverley grounds by three young men who took a lighter and tobacco from his pockets. You can see CCTV images of the suspects at Kent Online. Now, the man who represents head teachers in Kent says they're very keen to have children back in class this week but are still apprehensive. Pupils have been returning following the summer holidays with a reminder that COVID testing is still necessary to keep cases down. In class, face masks are no longer necessary and bubbles have been scrapped in a bid to reduce disruption to -to face-to-face learning. Well, before we hear from Alan Brooks, let's hear from some shoppers in Rochester. We've been asking them if they're welcoming the return to school. The vaccination programme has made all the difference. Um, Schools are doing everything they can to be safe as well. Um, So as long as everyone keeps testing and is sensible, then I think we're okay. I think it's okay. I mean, it's better when they're at school for me personally. Like, Because it's too much when they're home and they don't learn anything uh, um, online. I mean, it's not the same. We've just got to get on with life now and the children have missed two years of their lives. If you think of a child of 11, that's a tenth of their age that they've missed schooling. So we've just got to get on with it now. Most of the country have been vaccinated. Um, I, I just, I just feel that we, you've got to move forward in it. And I, and and where do you stop? But they're not going back to do. I mean, I've been in London today, 
and in the city, it's still dead. People aren't coming back to work in the city. And, and it's, I don't know. You, when, at what point do you say, right, well, let's move forward with this? As promised, here is Alan Brooks, who's chair of the Kent Association of Head Teachers. I think staff are keen to be back. They're keen to have full classes, but they are very nervous. They look at what's happening in Scotland at the moment with the, the spike that's happening a couple of weeks after Scottish schools went back. They look at what the scientists are saying, what SAGE is saying. And I think we are concerned. We're concerned that actually the government did very little over the course of the summer to make schools safer. I think children need to be back in school, but I think the idea of removing the need for masks, removing social distancing, removing bubbles, all of those things is a, is a worry at a time. You can't just say it's all right, so it will be all right. I think there's more things that could be done to make it safer for children and obviously for all those that work within schools. And actually, a lot of what you're saying there is being communicated by a number of different heads of different unions in the past few days, for a few weeks as well, concerns that actually maybe the planning hasn't actually been robust enough going into the new academic year. And now we really need to think about whether there needs to be a kind of emergency decision on on what else needs to happen if we're going to protect schools going into the next few months. I think, I think the concern is that the government throughout this pandemic seem to be responding once things get very bad, rather than taking decisions in advance to try and stop them becoming as bad as they are. If we look at the West Country, they're already reintroducing mask wearing in secondary schools because there's been a big spike in, in Devon and Cornwall. So these sorts of things, it's not beyond the wit of man to think about these things in advance. Of course, we want children back. They have missed far too much time. It's been a major disruption to them and to their families. But anything that can be done to make that a safe return should have been done and should continue to be done. Heads will do it. Heads will do everything they possibly can to make it safe. But there are some things outside of the gift of head teachers. Well, it's interesting what you say about reactionary uh, a way of doing things because I know myself and Lauren we've had lots of conversations on on the Kennel Line desk before about um, it feels like oh this 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 new this new plan just feels like it's come sort of out of nowhere uh, without as much prior planning as you'd expect I know we felt like that a number of times throughout the, the course of this pandemic when it comes to schools. It's, it's, it's been fairly shocking. We, we have asked for contingency planning to take place. As, as a head teacher, you plan six months a year, three years in advance, and you plan for every conceivable eventuality. And the Department for Education in particular don't seem to be able to do that. They didn't do it with exams. They haven't done it with a lot of the safety measures. So head teachers are banging their heads against walls to some extent to try and get that forward planning that would make life much easier. Schools would be much less nervous about the, the start this week if various things had taken place in a timely fashion rather than either at the last minute or not at all. And, and that's where, unfortunately where we are. Alan was on the lowdown with Ollie last night and you can watch the programme in full by heading to Kent Online's Facebook. On tonight's live streamed episode, they'll be discussing the financial challenges facing us as winter approaches from the scrapping of the £20 universal credit boost to rising energy bills that could land many families in fuel poverty. You can tune in via Facebook from six. 
the Kent Online podcast with Blue Butterfly, Earl Street Maidstone. It's hoped £20 million of government funding could transform part of Kent's coastline. There are plans to turn the bandstand Kings Hall and Pier on Herne Bay Seafront into top tourist attractions and make it stand out from other towns. Bosses want to put in a bid for money as part of the levelling up fund and say it's a once in a generation opportunity. A decision is due to be made tonight on whether to build a bypass in part of Canterbury. Councillors are being urged to give the plans for the Sturry part of the city the go-ahead after they were initially rejected back in March. The relief road is needed to ease congestion in an area where plans have already been approved for more than a 1,000 new homes. More than 70 people have objected to a renewed bid to use a former golf course in Medway as a council contractor's depot. Medway Norse want to continue using the Deangate Ridge site near Who for another two years as the base for its grounds maintenance team. It comes after a permanent home for the depot has been chosen near Rochester Airport. A public consultation has been opened. Now a Kent mum who spent years trying to find a hairdresser for her young son is calling for more barbers to be aware of children with autism. Five-year-old Oscar from Barming suffers from sensory issues and previously found having his hair cut overwhelming. His mum, Andrea Bartha, resorted to doing it herself before Hairy Bear Barbers in Maidstone started putting on extended appointments for children and adults with additional needs. Andrea has been telling Ish her story. Oscar is five. Uh, yes, he's quite sensorial. Also, he's on a path of being diagnosed for autism. He is highly functional, but obviously uh, he can get quite anxious um, when his routine uh, is is changed and also if he's uh, touched like at a hairdresser or barbershop. So yeah, we tried when he was three and a half and it was an absolute nightmare so then we decided to just postpone the whole thing and we tried at home that wasn't easy either because obviously even I was doing it he was still crying because he didn't like the feeling and the noise of it around his ears the hair on his skin so yeah it was um it was quite tough for the next two and a half years at one point we literally took the whole high street, we walked with Oscar through all high street. We looked in all barber shops and we thought, do you want to go in here? Should we try this one? Oh, look, there's a lady there. There's that man there. And he was just like, no, no, no. So we thought, okay, we'll get him ready. We go to see them. And yeah, it was it was amazing. It was so easy. He's Martin is really fast as well. So he only took a few minutes. He looked amazing. Oscar was happy. He got to play in the garden. Fantastic. And 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 can you just describe why is that experience uh, with the hairy bear so suitable for Oscar? You mentioned it's in a garden. It's outside. The, their place is quite cosy. It's not all when we were in. It didn't feel extremely busy. Uh, and also they've got this garden where they have a slide uh swings i remember football everything so the children are very interested into like um, oh okay i'll have my hair cut and then i can play this looks nice this looks like a nice place so obviously when we got there we showed us the garden martin was like quite ready to even like cut his hair in the garden if needed and uh, later on i saw on facebook that he actually done that with other children which I find amazing. So how would you differentiate from what Harry Bear are doing to help children with sensory needs compared to just a regular barber? You said it was a complete nightmare when you were there. 
trying. He constantly tried to distract him from the feeling of it or from the noise. And I think that just helped him so much because usually if you go in a place like that, it can be quite busy. People are quite loud. So that automatically puts Oscar off as, as they do like see and hear um, things differently around them, even maybe louder hairdryer all the machines they're way more louder for them than for us and, and you mentioned it means a lot that you were able to obviously find somewhere which was suitable for oscar and i, I get the sense that obviously with with his needs it can be a bit challenging um yes. you know so i mean as as a mom going through all of that it sounded like it took you a long time to to find somewhere suitable how, how do how do you feel how does that feel that you've got somewhere you know special for oscar shall we say yeah. yeah, definitely. It's such a massive relief. Like, I know that's not a problem anymore. I know we don't have to get him ready for like a week or two before that. Oh, okay, Oscar, like next week when before you go to school, we need to cut your hair. Oh, I don't want my hair cut and all that. So now he's just like, oh, do you want to go to barbershop tomorrow? Yep. And that's like such a big step for him. Such a big, it's a progress actually. Kent Online reports. A festival in Maidstone has been cancelled just days before it was due to go ahead. 80s music event Let's Rock Kent had been scheduled to take place at Moat Park this weekend, but organisers have called it off because of logistical issues due to COVID. Hobbycraft has revealed its latest Kent store will open next month. The craft store chain is moving into the former Carpet Right unit at Strood Retail Park near Rochester. And finally today, a Kent drag queen has revealed how it's helped him embrace his sex. Sexuality. Chris Garner, who performs as Madame Moo Moo, comes from Zimbabwe, where it's illegal to be gay. He's been on our first Tea Time Chats on Instagram Live and revealed how he initially struggled after moving to the county, but has learned to love himself. So I come from Zimbabwe in Africa originally, and living in Africa where it's illegal to be gay, um, the society around you is very macho and, um, you know, any anyone that is extra you know, extrovert or um, feminine, um, it's a bit frowned upon. So when I first moved to this country, I kind of suffered with a bit of internalized homophobia, um, where I thought people who were extraordinarily camp um, in their behaviors, um, you know, I've always had a hang up about the way I speak. Um, I really kind of struggled with that and when i first got asked to do drag i kind of thought oh my god have i failed as you know as a person um and what drag has actually taught me to do is it's taught me this um ability to extend my personality and as rupaul always says harness that energy that you have as a drag queen and use it in your everyday life so i mean it's it's helped me love my body more. It's helped me appreciate my, my, my talents, I suppose you could say. Um, it's helped me appreciate creativity. Um, but definitely one thing that I would say is it's really helped me embrace my sexuality as a gay man. Um, one thing as well that it's, I'm really grateful for is, you know, as a man, I wouldn't be buying makeup generally. I wouldn't be buying women's clothes. But literally, when you go into a makeup store or you go somewhere to, you know, I suppose where predominantly women would go and you start seeing the expense that women have to go through on a daily basis, just to adhere to what society expects of them. And you start realizing that, you know, 
my God, it really isn't equal out there. Um, it's so simple for a guy to just go, okay, I'll have a moisturizer and shaving cream and shower gel. But when you start getting into the realms of like high heels, wigs, dresses, stockings, makeup, it, it really tallies up. So it's really, really made me appreciate women as well and admire them and respect them even more. I mean, I've, I've always admired women, um, but it's just kind of enhanced that. And we're doing this live stream right in the middle of when all the Pride events in the county are kind of going on. We had Dover Pride last weekend, Canterbury Pride next weekend. I mean, you grew up in Zimbabwe where it was very different. Um, do you think that maybe the community here is growing or perhaps just growing in confidence that they're able to come out and host all of these Pride events and actually have a very good time? Absolutely. I mean, it's, you know, at, at any Pride, um, I was speaking to a drag artist today, actually, and unfortunately at the Pride in Tunbridge Wells, they actually had an anti-protest uh, about the Pride. So, you know, I think allowing people, no matter who they are, to celebrate themselves. You know, if you want to go out and call yourself a magpie, go out and call yourself a magpie. Um, I think just allowing people to have that space to celebrate themselves, inspire others is really important. Um, I, one thing that I really wish, I know Maidstone had Glitter Bomb in Moat Park, which was an incredible event. And it was the first LGBTQIA plus festival that Maidstone's ever had. I, I really would like to see more of that within Maidstone. Um, and it's so inspiring to see places like Dover, Canterbury, um, you've got Tunbridge Wells doing these events that is helping you know, I, I, I never had anything like this when I lived in Zimbabwe. You know, I didn't see anyone that was like me, you know, on TV. And if I did, they were being made a fool out of. Um, so, yeah, it, it was, an, it, I think it's incredible. I think it's incredible. And we're bound to see more of it. You're always going to get the good and the bad with these things. And I think it's just a, a, a thing where people should come to a table together, not be aggressive with one another, sit down, talk, educate one another. Um, you know, and I think that's how we move forward. So hopefully we'll see more. You can see the full chat with Chris by heading to our Insta. Kent Online Sport. Just one bit of sport today and in cricket, we might be nearing the end of the season, but Kent have just won their first championship match of the campaign. They beat Leicestershire by 132 runs inside three days. Darren Stevens hit his third championship century of the season, while bowler Matt Milnes took a career best of five for 53. Well, that's all for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Plus, you can subscribe to the IM News app. That will give you access to all KM Group newspapers to do it. Just head to kentonline.co.uk forward slash subscribe. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Blue Butterfly, the go-to cocktail bar and place to meet on Earl Street, Maidstone. Bluebutterfly.co.uk.